That's horrible. It's oh, yeah, yeah, it's really awful, isn't it? I don't know why I do the hand Question. Movement. It's not. <laughs> do you associate that noise more with Predator or with Alien? Predator. Predator. Yeah. yeah. A lot yeah. of people maybe have the face You are an ugly motherfucker. <laughs> Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. <laughs> it does sound like yeah. What's the problem, Dylan? CIA got you pushing too many pencils. <laughs> A freeze is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to another thrilling edition of the Little Film Podcast. My name's Adam and squashed inside this little tin can with me tonight, we've got the full roster of Little Film Pod crew. I've got Tony. Hey. Dave. Hello. Ollie. Hello. And Patrick. Hi. It's been a while since we've had all five of us together. Specifically, it's been a while since you two, Tony and Patrick, have been on a podcast together. I think some listeners were beginning to wonder if you'd had a bit of a falling out. Yeah. They threatened never to do it again. It's more than that. <laughs> was it Last Jedi? Uh, the post, I think. The post. Yeah. Although, well, you actually weren't in the same room then, but I edited in very carefully. It recorded it separately and just edited in, but you're on speaking terms again now. Yeah. So. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good to see you, Pat. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's get on with it. Yeah, fuck you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight we're here to talk about First Man, the uh, Neil Armstrong biopic. We're coming to this quite fresh. Four of us saw it last night. Tony, you're very fresh because you've literally raced here from the cinema to talk about it. Yeah, to the bemusement of my girlfriend. <laughs> it's just like, why? Why? <laughs> why, have you, why have you gone straight? To the, like, yeah. So there we go. But I've got, yeah, I should at least remember the title and some of the actors and one or two of the scenes. She's generally quite bemused about yeah. a lot of aspects of your life though, yeah. isn't she? So. What screen time? Screen three at the Mallard in Guernsey. Nice. That's where you were last night. Good screen, actually. Yes, good, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) We have spoken about the Mallard before. We'll we'll get onto the movie very quickly. There were elements of dialogue which I didn't really hear, uh, and I wasn't sure whether it was just the film or the setting. We had right at the end of the film, in what was quite a quiet moment in the film, but it sounded like it was soundtracked because you could hear the end of A Star Is Born Next Door. Okay. <laughs> well, because the final scene is like almost completely silent, isn't it? Where Neil Armstrong was just like silently communicating with his wife and we could just hear the final song from A Star Is <laughs> That's Born. That's really funny. I was like, <laughs> In Congress. why is this weird they've chosen Lady Gaga as the soundtrack to this bit? There was a great moment last night as well where literally the start of the actual moon landing scene, this guy was like, oh, I really need a toilet. So he like got up, <laughs> went to the toilet, and literally just as they're landing, he like came back down, uh, came back in and sat down. Missed the like, you know, the, the, the money yeah. shot, if you right. like, like the, the thing the whole film's been building up to. He I went was to the toilet. Next, I was in front of actually, not next to a couple of absolute gems in terms of cinema goers. This couple, they did this thing where the guy clearly sort of loved his, you know, space and and things to do with astronauts and stuff. So he did that thing of like explaining or not explaining, showing that he knew stuff. So it was like something would be going on. He'd be like, but not quietly as well. It wasn't a whisper. He was just like, 
Yeah, yeah, that's because like the seal's broken on the, you know, and you're just like bellowing in my ear like that. And it, it was during loud bits of the film. Like he wasn't doing that in like a really quiet moment. You're, but... be, you're being nice about it, but it was me, I think. You know, you can, you can, you can, <laughs> well, I imagine you were doing that at the front, <laughs> I was being t- a little space geek yourself. I was doing that to Elena. She was loving it. Yeah. Um, well, as, we've, uh, as, we, as we're suggesting there, this is a biopic of Neil Armstrong. It's all about the moon. I normally give a spoiler alert at the start. Is it a spoiler to say that he does walk on the uh, moon? But anyway, if you haven't seen the movie, this is we're going to, we're going in depth. Uh, but that being said, I will just start with a, a quick synopsis, just a recap from Rotten Tomatoes. On the heels of their six-time Academy Award-winning smash La La Land, Oscar-winning director Damien Chazelle and star Ryan Gosling re-team for First Man, the riveting story of NASA's mission to land a man on the moon focusing on Neil Armstrong and the years 1961-1969. A visceral first-person account, the movie explores the sacrifices and the cost on Armstrong and on the nation of one of the most dangerous missions in history. Ollie, have you got the scores from the online websites that we like to check in with? Absolutely, Adam. IMDb, current score, 7.7. Rotten Tomatoes, 88%. And Metacritic, 83%. Interesting. What about the five of us? Who wants to start with their score out of ten? Dave's pointing at Tony. Tony's literally just finished. I reckon it. fresh Adam, off the bus. I, I reckon think. Adam should go first. You want me to go first? Yeah, because you're you're a big fan of space, aren't you? So I think you should go first. Space, spaceman, space dweeb. Eight point five. Steady on. Patrick. Four point five. No. Come on. Ollie. Nine. Whoa. Wow. So you did like this more than King of Thieves. Yeah. <laughs> Feast of Famine. Dave? Five. Oh, interesting. Ooh, wow. Tony? Eight. That is quite a spread. Wow. Can I just do my review and leave? Ball achingly dull. Wow. Yeah, it's so boring. <laughs> what? One of the most drossy, tedious, predictable, Bland, uh, predictable. Yeah, predictable. As in, we know the story. We know what happens. Do anything that'll surprise me, or take everything oh. that's exciting about space travel and ruin it. Is basically what <laughs> this is going to be a good app. Actually, it's going to be a good app because I'm, I want my time back. Wow, I'm really shocked. All right, zero. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still giving it four and a half more points than you gave that. I thought I thought it was some of the like most like tense, gripping, exciting like portrayals of space travel committed to a film. Let's let's try and let's try and do this kind of systematically. Generous. I want to give it less than I gave the Meg. So so like I, I, as you mentioned, I'm a bit of a space nerd. So this is right up my street. This movie very much so I, I do feel like i'm maybe coming into it with a slightly different perspective like i do i love space i love space flight i love the apollo missions i've read a lot about it watched a lot of documentaries about armstrong's life stuff like that i'm yeah just all about space really so i am coming to it from a from a particular perspective but it's interesting what you saying patrick about like do something it's so predictable like do something that you weren't expecting because i i do know the story and like even in like the Gemini 8 mission where they're spinning and stuff like that's a very familiar story to me but I just wondered from maybe some of you who not as knowledgeable as I am (laughs) (laughs) whether there were like surprises in the movie or or just before we 
get onto that. Do you, can I just ask, do you factor those things in with your scores? Because it's like with Hereditary, you're like, I don't like horror films mm. and give it a bit of a lower score kind of because of that. And then with this one, is it, do you factor that in and, and try and kind of ignore it a little bit? Your inherent bias that you like space? I do. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think I do. But I suppose it's just, it's trying to uh, admit that there will be biases that I am not in control. Like I, I am trying to sort of take a step back and look at it as a movie, but it's still, it's, I just enjoyed it that much, but it's hard to separate like what I enjoyed in terms of the movie itself and what I enjoyed because I just love anything to do with space, basically. Like Apollo 13 is one of my favourite movies ever. I think I don't you prefer know, that to this? I think, I yeah, I, I preferred Apollo 13 to this, but I just really enjoyed this as well. Just on that, like I also love space stuff, but I just didn't enjoy this. I'm really, I'm really surprised by it. I don't, I struggle to understand what you wouldn't enjoy about the, if you want to call them set pieces with the, the space stuff, like, you know, the, the Gemini, when the Gemini mission goes wrong, the, the rocket launches, all that stuff. Do you know, I just thought it was so yeah, well the, done. Those bits were like, those bits were quite good, quite good. And they're probably what brought it up to a five, but the rest of the film was just very dull. It was really lacking any sort of emotional heart. There was almost no point, I thought, in making the film. They, If I'd seen a documentary about it, it would have been exactly the same I film. I agree a thousand percent. That's basically what my reaction was to it afterwards. Like, I've just watched an okay documentary, like the sort I'd watch if I was stuck in a hotel room and it had been on, but which gave me nothing else. It was like it was like my experience of reading Pete Sampras' autobiography. <laughs> where I'm like, I hope there's more to him than like people saying he was boring and so no. Sadly not, no, I, which see, is a real I disappointment. That, I, th- I think that's slightly valid, uh, that it is quite docu-styly at times. And certainly a lot of the, the scenes that, yeah, like the home life stuff kind of, it's shot in a way, it's like almost like home movie kind of, mm. you know, the, the camera, uh, the, the, you know, the style of the filming and stuff. But and it, yeah, the film is very, there's a lot of breathing space, isn't there? There's a lot of, it, it's very kind of gently paced and there's all that kind of stuff which i i did think maybe was a bit you know they sort of did dwell on uh, those kind of scenes a bit too much but which the, seems like the launches no 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 the just the, all the the sort of you know off the field stuff the right. uh yeah the kind of the, the stuff you know at home and all that kind of all those bits but then i didn't know any of really the story of, of neil armstrong personally uh but the the stuff in space the the opening sequence yeah, the the stuff on the the Gemini or Gemini. Well, they the, the they Americans. Re- yeah, they refer to Gemini it's, Eight. It's known yeah. as Gemini because that's how they pronounce. All it. that stuff was brilliant. I thought yeah, absolutely yeah. like so uh, you know so mechanical and like dirty and and really really absorbing. And you know that's part of the the thing that's so amazing, isn't it? You know the clock's ticking by, and it's like you know England are winning the World Cup, you know during those years. But yeah, they're in these like almost like a sort of you know the, the capsule is kind of like any sort of thing you'd see you'd see on like a submarine just like all, all being like cranked really together and yeah, yeah it's really like, like the sheer danger of the thing yeah 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 i mean for me like i think i probably in some ways took it for granted that we had done this and that sorry that the you know this had happened that they man had walked the, on the moon we the as whole, a species the whole, yeah, it, yeah the whole the whole mission but like I never really thought, well, it's obviously dangerous, but I never, never really thought in depth about the danger of it. And like what the film did so well was the whole like 
you know they're effectively in a tin can like it's all held together and you can see this in the shots of like the close-ups all the nuts and bolts the creaking all that kind of stuff like you really felt that like real sense of danger and it's also i think illustrating the well in a good way that i watched i was going to watch apollo 13 today but i didn't but i watched the trailer this morning there's a scene in that where he gets the phone call and he's like you're going to the moon and in Apollo 13, she like she's like smiling, all the kids laughing, she runs up and hugs him. Whereas in First Man, you know, when he gets the phone call at the dinner table, the reaction's completely different. She like holds his hand and just sort of stares at him in a way that I might be losing my husband here. It had much more of that like sense of danger and like... And claustrophobia. And, claustrophobia. and like, yeah, yeah. that's kind of what I, I thought was really well done with those close-ups that you're talking about. It, it's more or less a movie of close-ups, isn't it? It just very very close in shots of ryan gosling's face through that i think you get a real sense of the claustrophobia of the missions and also the kind of claustrophobia in their marriage as well in their home life and on the thing about the set pieces and actually on that stuff about the gemini all the training and all the bits which lead up to it I agree with some of those points but again i just think like those things happened again it's amazing that it happened but great story great subject matter doth not necessarily make a great film <laughs> doth butter no parsnip exactly <laughs> exactly because i was just like one of the problems there was way too many set pieces because i was watching them near the start and i was like okay they're already doing like three or four of these we're still nowhere near even chronologically they put up like what year it is and you're thinking like I've still got a whole bunch of years to go <laughs> before we get to the eventual bit i felt like the whole movie weirdly was like waiting for like that's one small step for man and yet it that part is almost like just put in at the end and that there's just way way too much before that i agree like the the claustrophobia and things like that are done well and the the threat and that sort of thing but I mean, if Ryan Gosling wins anything for this performance, I'll be furious because oh he is staggeringly vacant. He's like doing Bill Murray in Broken Flowers, except that was funny, where he just has the, the whole scenes of him on a sofa and kind of with this Bill Murray sort of comically uh, deadpan thing. I, Ryan Gosling needs to get his act together, genuinely, mm. I think, because he is in too many films where he just plays Ryan Gosling, which is this... Basically, he has the same sort of half smile constantly, other than that kind of expressionless. And there was just nothing there. If I think of, I think of the f- films like Bullhead that I rewatched recently, or the film we just talked about, um, A Star Is Born, and the effort and the stuff that goes into performances like that. This one, like, he might as well have been a mannequin. Mm. It's- T- Tony's looking annoyed because several people have said to him that he looks like Ryan Gosling. He's <laughs> <laughs> annoyed about yeah, this. About, Sorry. But Go I, on, Dave. I think uh, you, you're completely right. It's like he's looked at all the sort of Ryan Gosling memes about him just doing his sort of silent sort of sultry thing yeah. and gone like, oh, yeah, people seem to like that on the internet. I'll do a film of that and try and win Best Oscar. It's because like Best Actor he Oscar. He did it it's in like- Drive and it was like, okay, so he hasn't redone really that before and that's quite interesting in that character, this silent character like this. Then he did it even more extremely in something else. And people said, okay, well, you need to do something else. And then in this one, it's just like, I, there was an absolutely no character interest for me. I was just, I, I don't care. That, like how, 
if Neil Armstrong had no personality like this or just nothing about him, then I suppose you could say it's accurate. Yeah. But like... Make a film about a different character. Yeah. Do it about Buzz or Aldrin. Do, do he film, seemed interesting. Do a film about space, like the Star is Born thing, where it's not beholden to what actually happened. And so there is some element of surprise or... But Baff, I was going to ask you, because you probably know more about this, mm. but isn't mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Neil Armstrong historically not actually that charismatic he's quite dry and quite soulless and like he's like he what like so ryan gosling in his defense if this is a biopic he was trying to portray that yeah that's fine like he might have done a good Mm. job in that sense but it's just like don't then don't cast him because he's done that too much but then don't but then what if you're if he's delivering a performance which is real to the character then i don't see why he should because he still made it 210 percent ryan yes i just don't think he should be criticized so here's an example so you've given this film a nine yeah yeah and you're defending it because you're saying that ryan gosling has played uh neil armstrong boringly but that's true to character in one of the last podcasts we did which is king of thieves you gave that a zero yeah and you said that was really boring and the story that they'd based it on was boring. Yeah, and the humour and, and stuff And you like wouldn't that. defend it at all because that was true to the story. You were just like, no, it was a really boring film. Like, if this is what it was like and these are what the characters were like, that's just really dull. I'm not interested in it. But, like, we're saying that this is boring and you're like, no, it's a yeah, nine. But it's not boring can, film, yeah, is so it? Can, can I just say, like, I, I think I, I'm not granting the premise of your point here, which is that he's boring. Like, I think I agree that he's, like, he's not hugely charismatic or he's not charismatic and it's maybe like a, a sort of slightly flat personality, but I don't necessarily think that Armstrong. means, well, I think they've maybe, uh, from what I understand, I think they may be taking that slightly too far because he was, he was maybe a bit sort of funnier than he's portrayed. Like some of the um, sort of voice logs from the Apollo missions, like he's making jokes and stuff. He's not like a completely emotionless person. But I, I don't know that I'd necessarily say it was boring. Like, I think it, it definitely walks the line. But what I think what they're, what they're trying to get across in his character, and again, this is maybe slightly conjecture or taking too far something that was only sort of vaguely known about or understood about Neil Armstrong, but the thing of his daughter dying. And it's the idea that he's actually very emotionally buttoned up or like emotionally repressed even. His, the, the tension between the emotions that he was conceding it wasn't to me that he was completely emotionless it was that there was quite a lot of stuff going on under the surface that he was maybe wrestling with and that eventually comes through and this is completely invented where he throws the necklace or the bracelet yeah, in that was predictable on the moon. as well um yeah no i thought some of the scenes were in terms of yeah that kind of situation being expressed uh were, were quite good you know that the scene where he's sort of outside kind of staring up at the moon and uh what's his name comes out and, yeah ed white yeah uh and he's basically said like you know if, if i was you know if i wanted to talk to someone i wouldn't have could be out here on my own mm. uh but yeah for me actually ryan gosling was probably the worst thing about the movie it, I, it was extremely that aspect of it was extremely flat overall though i, I really enjoyed it like i was i was thoroughly gripped but yeah I, I tend to agree with. Uh, I wouldn't with say. That. I, yeah, I'm. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's like a great performance, like no. an Oscar-worthy performance. But I, I'm, I'm slightly surprised by that. I mean, I think that you're right in the sense that, like, famously, a lot of the astronauts were not huge personalities, and that you know these were technical guys, and that, you know it's a a slight failing of Apollo that they maybe didn't quite uh, appreciate or capture the sort of poetry of what they were doing 
so much as you know it was just such a like technical challenge they needed the most technically minded people that they could so yeah armstrong sort of very much fell into that category but i i was invested in his story and in and in the relationship between him and his wife between claire foy who i thought was very good i mean it took me a while to buy into her because she just is the queen mm. um but, but once i'd kind of got over that i i thought she was very good and she's a kind of like um way in i suppose isn't she to his life for the audience I mean, it's, it's, a, it's quite a long movie isn't it and it's quite uh they you know they cover quite a long span of time and quite a lot happens you know i thought it felt it was like about five hours a serious story but it i mean the it's pretty light touch on the kind of uh, yeah I've, I've read a couple of uh bits before uh people being like oh you know it's really yeah paints the picture of the sort of political and like social background at the time and the the, the but it, it doesn't really it kind of just there's like a couple of to- yeah, well, it's like it's a token like sort of two minute sequence gestures where, towards it. Yeah. there's a, a montage where there's like a hippie playing a song and they're like oh yeah there we are we've we've hit that bit yeah i i i, I thought that was a bit weak uh i do then, think but, but, i actually quite like that bit yeah <laughs> that in, i like the whitey on the moon mm. um I don't know. I, th- I thought that was. I thought just that the score was was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I know it's the guy that Chazelle has worked with on on every film, pretty much, and it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, yeah there's think- also a couple of couple of parts where you use a theremin, which was kind of fitting because it's you know regarded as a lonely instrument, as it's just this like quivering sound surrounded by nothing. And I thought that was that fitted really well with that idea that he's you know floating about in space. Yeah, I've got no, I've got no problem with that. But I think coming back to like his other two films, like you were saying, is they were both, I thought, brilliantly paced. So like La La Land and Whiplash have both got like a real beat about them. I know I was obviously expecting this to be a very different film, but it was so weird that he went completely the other way, and it was just very like vacant and slow. Well, I, just didn't, I didn't find it slow. It slow. I was so gripped. Oh, the yeah. whole one, way thing, one thing though that what was really good, and it, I think sound was a, a big part of the film in terms of the impact for me, uh, were just the moments of, and you know, it, it's kind of echoed throughout the film of like real, like loud, kind of crunching noise, and then just straight into silence, or mm. you know, as they sort of puncture the atmosphere. But there was just a brilliant bit where the the, the Germany Eight yeah. thing is spinning, where it goes from. Uh, turning off like the radio or you know when they cut the sound to the mm-hmm. to claire foy and then it just cuts straight back to the the whirring kind of sound yes. it was so it was yeah. really like kind of grind like really resonated that's with me. why I, I i find it really hard to, like, the words like boring are being used because at not any point in that film was i bored and also like i've got to be honest this i rarely see it done well but like first person perspective camera work was done quite a lot in this so like when they're putting his helmet on like your view is of of him what he's li- seeing yeah exactly and then likewise in the in the, the scenes of gemini you get all the spinning and then like with the uh even with the training situation where they're training in that thing that's spinning around like i felt quite uncomfortable at one point because it was so and i really got that sense of like danger and and panic and like disorientation and claustrophobia like i thought like it felt like you were well for me anyway it felt like you were sort of it's gonna sound cheesy but part of that mission you felt like you i just felt immersed in that like yeah environment the the thing of the danger i thought the uh apollo one fire like the fire where the three astronauts are killed that's horrible like i've seen that portrayed in various different things there's a um really good hbo miniseries called from the earth to the moon where they basically go through each of the apollo missions in a different episode (laughs) and the apollo one uh 
fire episode is very good and it's like referenced in Apollo 13 but that to me that was the most harrowing I've yeah. seen it because you didn't it, see it, it like just, the shocking yeah. sort of speed of what happened because you see the fire happening and you you think oh god this is going to be awful and obviously it is but the way they do it they sort of take you out of the the cockpit and then you just see the the sort of the bit door of smoke just, appearing from the door yeah, yeah. I, I actually thought that was door, quite a good yeah. bit and I liked the spinning what do you call it like the Oh um, yeah, the gyro thing, yeah. whatever gyro thing. That, um, <laughs> but that, yeah, the the camera work in that, so that it makes you feel disoriented. I thought was quite good. What um, you said before, Baff, about um, that was actually one of the moments in the film which I didn't know about in the story. The Apollo One Fire. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that moment to me was shocking because and harrowing because I didn't I didn't know that was going to happen. Can I ask you, Patrick and Dave, like if? If the film had, we talked a bit about like the the whiteies on the moon thing, and like as Tony said, any kinds of gestures towards the wider context and what Apollo meant at the time, what it means now looking back. If the film had sort of explored that more, is that kind of what you wanted from it? Was to look at those things more because it it actually it does stay very tightly on Armstrong all the way through. Like it is very much his biopic, isn't it? It's not a exploration of Apollo or even of Apollo Eleven. It's about Armstrong. maybe i just think i just wanted some of the characters to have a bit of emotion Mm -hmm. a bit of we were talking about it in the other ones chemistry yeah um the only person i thought really put in a really good effort is what's his name is it jason clark who played edward ed white ed white ed white yeah i thought he was like good and casual i was watching it i was thinking this is one of the few good roles this actor has been handed um, I thought he was slightly better than the others, but I yeah. just basically like my Claire overall, Foy. my overall. No, I no. didn't think she was good at all. I thought she was just like a vessel for a plot whereby I did, didn't get anything distinctive. I, it was just to me like paint by numbers, worried character. I, um, I wanted any humanity in it, basically, like any human element, um, and I just was completely cold throughout basically like i just didn't get any connection i didn't sense that there was any connection i felt if anything i thought it was sort of slightly like a tragic portrayal of astronauts because which might be the case which is that like their lives their home lives look pretty Mm. rough in a sense and also just a bit bleak when they're sitting having beers but they don't really have much sort of chat there's i didn't sense much like real friendship but that, just, that is uh, that's intentional though isn't it that, it is trying to get that across mm. to you but again it's a different like, life they're not documentary mm, i'm not getting not, anything they're not, else they're not you know they're not crunching numbers every day they're well they probably are oh, they literally trouble, are but, yeah. but they're, they're they're heading to space you know it's not like you know they're you know they're but getting the tube point? in the morning isn't like it's like the atmosphere and the like tension between them is going to be different and likewise with claire Foy no, but i didn't sense and, any any Tension. It was just no. like so you really. Didn't, you didn't sense any tension between Ryan Gosling and Claire Foy. Yeah, no. I, well, not really. N- none, I think... none which was of interest. That's the point. Of course, there's tension, and the story. There's loads there to work with. There's the daughter, all of that stuff. There's the marriage and how they can't. Yeah, how how they're physically and emotionally distanced and stuff. But I just didn't get any interest from it. I, I, I agree with I agree with you when you say I would be really, really disappointed if come awards season these guys are all walking away with awards for this but no, film. Not just that, but but just I just feel I was like this didn't need to be made. I really wanted to like talk about this film as soon as I got out of 
got out of the cinema. Luckily, I had a couple of other friends there who aren't in the film pod. And I was like speaking to Elena and we we're both just like, what, like, why? Why have we spent that Yeah, she hated long it as well. Watching it, like, there was no depth. It's one of those things where like, because in the cinema, I was enjoying it so much. I was like, oh, everyone must be loving yeah. this. Like, was, was Mimi the same? Yeah, Mimi didn't enjoy it at all. We were talking about it at lunch today with my family and they were like, oh, was that good? And we were like, no, it's just, no, I just boring. Said to, like, the thing is, like, it's, it's like you say, not watch it. Yeah, though. like, yeah. it's just not enjoyable. Like, I think you're, you're saying that there's a lot of interesting things in it. I get that. And there's some scenes where it's, like, interesting, but, like, there's nothing you won't get if you don't watch, like, NASA's Greatest Missions. It's a four-DVD yeah, box set. I've got it at home. And... It's infinitely more interesting. Well, no, it's all very well, like doing a documentary and showing like cool special effects and like how they got space and all this sort of stuff. But in documentaries, that's not what they do. They just show you real footage. And no, but a yeah, documentary yeah, yeah. obviously there's no footage from inside. the Yeah, cockpit exactly. Or... This the whole point of this but, yeah. was to make you feel and sort of appreciate the danger and as Adam said, claustrophobia of space travel. Yeah, and to experience well, it yeah. with them. And actually, I, I on that point, I thought one thing I really liked about it was the way in the moonwalk itself, it doesn't cut back to mission control or to scenes of people watching it around the world. And it just stays on Armstrong and Aldrin. And you actually really get a sense of how quiet and like almost anticlimactic it was. That it was just like they just kind of stepped out, wandered so, so around I, a bit. And I, I completely agree with you guys that it gives a really good sense of what it's like <laughs> yeah. for space travel. I'm not denying you that at yeah. all. I completely agree with you. What I'm saying is it's not entertaining. Yeah. I watch a film because I want to be entertained. Whether it's a horror film and I want to be scared or a comedy and I want to laugh or a drama, which is where I think this film falls into and want to feel like the emotion of it and the understanding of it, that's not what I walked away from with this film. I walked away from like a real feeling of like emptiness and time wasted. Yeah, I found it like Ryan Gosling's face. It was just vacant. It's a fair point. It's, it's, it's hard to know what to say to it really because like <laughs> I was entertained yeah, by yeah, all of those yeah, things exactly. and, you, yeah, and you weren't. Um, I, I just, I, I genuinely kept, I, like, I very rarely do this. Like I watch, I've watched all sorts of films which are really gently paced or slow paced or, you know, take their time. But with this one, I was just thinking, oh, there's still so much left they need to get through, which I just shouldn't be thinking in the cinema. I was just like, I'm not, I, I have no enjoyment here. Um, and what a weird one in terms of the performances or the characters was Buzz Aldrin, because he stuck out like a sore thumb. And I, he is supposed to, his personality and being kind of abrasive and saying the wrong thing and this sort of thing. But what's quite interesting in a kind of meta way about that is it's like, the other characters look at him and think like, you don't fit in here. But it's like the other actors are looking at him and going like, you don't fit here because he's like, just there's a spark of like something. It's not just flatlining. Mm. It's nice to see him as well, excited about the prospect of going to space. Yeah, but some people it might be exciting, but other people it might be absolutely terrifying. But this, but this, but this, what this film should not have done is like put me off space. I, it was like it was like I I want there to be, I want to get more interest and more like intrigue and, and stuff. Be excited and I, by I it. didn't get that from it, and I did get that from things like that. The TV version of the one with Richard Feynman. Oh yeah, uh, I can't remember what that's called. Yeah, but that 
like the investigation about the about the challenger about the challenger it might have been called the challenger actually. yeah but yeah i found that really well done and intriguing and the stuff about how, the complexity of space travel stuff. this one yeah it just it just left me cold like throughout and bored and where were the aliens as well there was no aliens in it <laughs> I suppose it, 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 you know it's quite a difficult thing to to balance, isn't it, between the the everyday not mundane mundaneness isn't quite the right word, but just yeah the the science and the that stuff. But I, I, I yeah I think I think it did a good job, like hit quite hard at times. Uh, yeah, so I, I I enjoyed it. Yeah, but then we, we're going over the same ground. But yeah, it, the Gosling. The actual acting actually took probably took a backseat. Yeah, so. I mean it's it's like for me, I yeah, I wouldn't say the acting was the highlight or anything, and I I completely agree with you guys that I don't think it's awards worthy the acting in my opinion, but everything else around it was excellent. It's an interesting point you made, Patrick, about it's put you off space a bit. Like it, you you want to be you want to be made to feel excited about it because you mentioned Bookstone. There's a book called uh, Moon Dust. Um, by this guy Andrew Smith, who basically attempted to track down all the surviving Apollo Apollo moonwalkers. So the twelve men walked on the moon, and when he wrote the book Nine, was still alive. And he, at the end of the book, he tries to make sense of Apollo and work out like, is it possible to justify it in the face of like all the immense social problems in America, let alone in the world at the time, and the economic cost and all of that stuff. And his conclusion that it was worth it, not because of like Velcro and stuff. They, these are the sort of byproduct of inventions that came as a result of it but because of exactly what you're talking about of the sense that it was actually about a kind of sense of childlike wonder and a sense of like optimism about what humans can do and like it was all worth it for that reason like it was worth it because it was such an amazing thing to do and it inspired people in various different ways it's just actually quite interesting when you then drill down on the fact that a lot of these guys were quite dull maybe and were much more focused on the maths and like how they were the the sort of nuts and bolts of of the mission itself and the spacecraft itself rather that they didn't necessarily have that wider perspective and again i'm my mind is boggled by the genius which leads to that and the maths which goes into it and the detail and everything but again no more so then it's boggled by that, that that actually happened. It's nothing in the film hmm. which did that for me in an, in an effective way. I actually found that aspect of the film, and it was very brief and stuff, but the political side of it, and even during the film, questioning to, to myself, you know, is it worth it? Like, was it worth it? Um, yeah, and I, and I don't, for me as well, it's not like a clear yes or no answer. Hmm. And I don't know if that's the case for lots and lots of humans. But... If you think of it's a much broader thing, but what what is and isn't spent on, like what what is spent on the military but isn't spent on like getting people enough food and stuff, that well, I, I think, think is more. Inter- sorry, yeah. I think more money is spent on the U.S. military every year than has been spent on NASA ever total. Yeah, and I, I mean, there's nothing I detest more than military mm. spending. They're completely they're basically completely at odds with each other as well. Like military would just be destruction, basically. And this is like exploration and trying to get the best of humans and stuff like this. But although under pressure, kind of from a sort of militaristic sense at the time. Yeah, well, that, that actually a theme within it. But again, it's a theme within the whole story of it rather than the film itself. But which I do find really interesting watching it is just how, but how weird nations are. Because I was just like, why? 
to another species or to an alien race, or whatever, it would just seem utterly mad that like two parts of this planet are like competing to try and like get one up on each other. It's just like you do what I was watching it and thinking, just like, would it not? work better to be you know like to, yeah. if we were more cooperative that is a slightly absurd reason but like that that was the ultimately reason. the reason why yeah, yeah and that's, they did it it wasn't because they were like well let's we, we should do more things that are about childlike wonder it was because yeah but, but then actually maybe it's justified but that's a very interesting theme that whole thing of like is it that the competition then leads to but then it's also but in a yeah it, it's kind of i suppose yeah a slightly more dangerous version of just you know funding you know uh, athletes to go and win medals at olympics yeah. isn't it it's kind of for yeah. the people at the centre of NASA, brilliant. They're getting like money to do the things that they could never have dreamed of, or could only have dreamed of, rather. Uh, but then for the people, sort of, yeah, pulling the the purse strings. But it's also like it might be justified on that basis that uh, Apollo or the the space race was in some ways like a surrogate for war. That it, yeah, that it was this kind of outlet for Americans and Russian people to channel their uh, animosity towards each other, rather than like, well, let's go and yeah. fight a war. So unintentional. But, mm. Even the, I mean, I, I find it genuinely weird, like the thing of putting an American flag on the moon. Which Trump has, have you read this? Trump is uh, really upset that... Well, they didn't, they didn't show the it, did they? Yeah. That they yeah. didn't show them planting the flag. Trump has said that it's an outrage that... It says all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. but you, you were saying before about whether it needed to be made, and obviously it's, uh, yeah, well, yeah, everyone knows the, the plot, effectively. But I suppose, yeah, it is pretty timely, all the stuff with... SpaceX and mm-hmm. space exploration being more a thing than any part of our lifetime. I think it's more about the you say about it being like, does it need to be made? No, I was saying, I was saying it is. It is timely. Like yeah. it's obvious. You know, it's, it was a good time to. But it's also well, it's like fifty years. I think it's a slightly sure, different animal that it, I've you know, I've already touched on this a few times. But it's it is about the experience. It's about that like this is what it's like to be an astronaut back in nineteen sixty five. But do you think like this is a question to Dave and Patrick do you think watching it in like an IMAX or something like that would have made you enjoy it more because it is very much a lot of it is a very visual and audible thing and obviously we didn't see it in the best cinematic Are you conditions gonna have a go at the mallard again no but if you watched it on, can you imagine I actually thought on the, the volume was really poor in 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 this one like it, it really did annoy me that I was just like I can't uh, there were a few bits of dialogue you know where it's just like someone will mumbled something at the end of a mm. sentence but which could actually be quite crucial in terms of a and i was just like i just can't really hear that so that is a, that that's a factor but i i don't think it would have profoundly changed at all my my, my take on it. yeah i think the volume thing is a fair point but like the set pe- we're calling them set pieces but like the space missions and things like that were impressive and you know well done but i don't they're not like blow your mind like i watched interstellar in an imax and like you know that film is you know it's got its own flaws and everything like that but the docking you know scene in that film is one of the most intense like space things and watching that in imax was amazing there's nothing in this film that comes close to that that i thought like oh if i'd seen this in an imax cinema that would have made a substantial difference to how i feel about (laughs) it i thought the gemini bit was really tense with the bit with the fire no sorry the bit with where they're spinning, spinning. yeah, yeah that- but there was no sense of like danger that was just like are we going to be able to is that partly though because you know that he yeah, must survive that is, that is definitely a factor but- yeah probably but I- <sighs> it was it was 
it was fine. <laughs> I just don't think those scenes were like that. That yeah, they were fine. More. It's it's that thing, and it is it presumably becomes trickier and trickier and trickier with more and more time because of because of technology and us getting sort of jaded or too used to spectacular things. Because you think of how people react to like two thousand and one, a space odyssey or something, and some people will say as well that it's like still stands up and it's just mind blowing in terms of audiences going, I've never seen that before, or even like Jurassic Park or um, <laughs> Lord of the Rings, actually, when we when, yeah. we when we hadn't seen anything that was that epic mm. or on that scale, there was definitely, there was there was not a shred of that for me where I was just like, the new and, and, and it is, that's tough, that's tough territory to like, oh, this is something new. But I mean, at least with a movie like, um, oh, sorry, what's the, the movie with the, when, aliens visit and there's the weird language and stuff. arrival arrival yeah, yeah. arrival i loved because to me as well cinematically it was doing something different with that whole idea and the idea of them having a sort of different whole concept of time and that sort of thing it was it was new ground uh in that way and this one i just felt was a nice glossy quite polished version of stuff which has been done before I just didn't disagree more. Yeah, just uh, didn't yeah. get anything new from it. Whatsoever. It's not glossy at all, though. It's not. Glossy. It's just it's got a grainy gl- effect over the, it's not the what's film. What's glossy but, yeah. about it? It doesn't like make space travel look glossy at all. It makes it look. No, I don't terrifying. mean. I don't mean glossy in that sense. I mean glossy in terms of like high budget. Just kind of yeah. You see, that's the difference with old documentaries and stuff as well. As you'll see stuff, it's just the cameras used and things that are just not as advanced. This one, yeah, it was. Like, it's understated, if anything. That's quite a good review. In a sense, yeah. though, in a sense, though, no. I've been like, wait, you're saying like, it doesn't even have that going for it. I'm just like, it, it, yeah, I like. But I just can't. I don't know about you, Adam. Obviously. You seem just so genuinely. No, no, no. Annoyed. I'm not annoyed. I'm, I'm just, I'm just. <laughs> you gave zero. To- <laughs> I'm surprised. That's all. But I was going to say to Adam, like, for me, I, I've, I've seen quite a few space films. I'd say. I'd say Space Jam, yeah, Space Balls, <laughs> Mars Attacks. Um, <laughs> That's one of the great. Has really space good. travel being portrayed this well in film before? I don't think it has. What are you asking? Is it like the best Should space it, film ever? Or are you saying is it like the- since Apollo thirteen they could have brought it on more than they have? Yeah, but then like compared Apollo to Apollo 13, thirteen from memory, and I'd I'd need, I'd need to rewatch this, but it's very it is that's glossy. It's like big, yeah, I think big budget special. F- no, it's big budget special effects. Hollywood, it is, you know, there's action elements to it. If you like, this is much different. It's much more about the inside of the space. It's much more about the inner workings mm. and the claustrophobia. Not everything else that's going around, so big explosions and stuff like that. It's all about what's going. You may have watched a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're thinking of Star Wars. <laughs> but no, but do you know what I mean? It's it's much more focused on. The That's internal bit. Yeah, that it is it is more like internal than there aren't that many sort of shots of planets or like space or kind of do it trying to do too much with that. I agree. And with I, that. I, I think, I th- sorry, I think it like comes down to where we're fundamentally disagreeing. It's like, because for me, it was it was all about the internal and that was sort of speaking to the internal stuff that was going on in Neil Armstrong, like his grief over his daughter and that kind of thing. I think you just weren't you don't agree that that is what was yeah, going on and yeah, you yeah. you weren't getting that feeling from it. And for me, that whole thing you said about like why humans went to the moon, all this stuff is, is about like human desires and human, 
like what we're trying to do as a piece and stuff. But that was the problem that I didn't get anything really human mm. in the film. Well, it was his, he was it was his his thing about going to space was to escape, wasn't it? That was the whole thing that it was that the idea of going to the moon was his way of dealing with loss and escaping this sort of world that he's on where he's struggling to cope with everything. Which again, I, I don't know if, how true that is of the real Neil Armstrong, but certainly the character in the movie. That's kind of tired ground as well, I think. Like if that if it was just another film that wasn't a biopic essentially then that thing of i mean that's that's the same plot as like the guy in hurt locker as well it's just like he's really dysfunctional and the one thing that he can like do is like wanting to put himself in this much danger by diffusing bombs like i don't think that that that, that, i think that's not i didn't didn't find that that profoundly interesting or as baff says like and my knowledge of Neil Armstrong would be so much less than yours. Oh, but, yeah. Mm. But I, like, it might not even, you know, be the case. So it, it didn't, that didn't really, I didn't get much interest from that. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think for me, it did, it, it successfully avoided cliche, most mostly maybe some of the wider, you know, now you say stuff like that, you know, some of the wider kind of narrative, yeah, as you said, that is slightly well trodden. But, uh, you know, there was no kind of the cheering and the mission control and all that kind of stuff. I, I think it sort of played it quite well on that front. Mm. I think what you're saying about, like, you, d- you didn't f- get much human or, like, human emotions. I think, like, one side of Neil Armstrong's life, and actually the, the major part of his life, I suppose, that the film doesn't touch on at all, is what happened after he walked on the moon. And And this is something that's another really kind of fascinating aspect of Apollo and the Apollo astronauts. It's like, what do you do once you've walked on the moon? And that book that I'm talking about, Moon Dust, that is what he's interested in, is what did they do afterwards? Because for a lot of these guys, they were in their 30s or maybe early 40s, and then what's next kind of thing. And um, in Armstrong's case, he became really quite reclusive. and He was a teacher at university for a long time, but then ended up just kind of on a farm and didn't really give interviews. I mean, he, like, he will go down as one of the most famous people in human history, but he was not a celebrity. Like when we were growing up, you didn't sort of see Neil Armstrong on TV giving interviews. Like he was completely gone from public life. Mm. And I suppose, as you say, like the film's pretty long anyway, and it dwells on things leading up to me. It's not about that, but that could have been maybe, maybe you'd have enjoyed the film more if it sort of touched on that as well, because that's no, I do find a fascinating like aspect. Of, interesting, of, but it, and I concede as well that it's partly personal preference because even with the subject of space, we've had this conversation before where it's like, and I know it's not one or the other, but it is, I do frequently have that thing of like, we're completely like screwing up our own planet mm. and then fixated on trying to find something else. Mm. It's it's more that I just find the human elements, the the thing which is of interest and I didn't, yeah, get interest in, in the characters. Well, Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> Should have said that at the start. Yeah, you made that joke earlier. <laughs> you made that joke when we did the scores. Shall I edit it in? Yeah. We're not, <laughs> not going to edit that in. I'm not going to edit it yeah, in. Yeah, we're going to keep this bit in. <laughs> do you, you've all seen Gravity. Yeah, yeah that's the yeah. one with, with uh, Clooney. Yeah, and that was like lauded, wasn't it, when it came out for its effects. But yeah, also the kind of the, the, that opening sequence. Uh, but I just wonder whether, like, Ollie, did you think that was... This covered it better than that, or, or you know, it's just not covered it's it, but it got it across. It's a different kind of film for me. It's much more. It's got that like Hollywoody, actiony, glossy sort of feeling to it. Whereas I didn't get that from this one. It was different. It was much more visceral, much more internal. 
gravity is fantastic, but it's very much all about the effects. Whereas I think this one's much more about the inner workings. So in a sense, would you say like, give this one a much, much lower budget, you think it could have been just as good as well? Because you're saying it's not, it's much more internal, even in terms of the the rockets themselves and stuff. So in a sense, doesn't need a massive budget in terms of the special effects. Well, I, I don't know what the budget for this... Dave, do you... I think it was about 50 million. million. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh. 50, 60 million, yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't, it wasn't like a massive, massive budget. No, so it's like a third of like a typical... Like typical big blockbuster, about 150. Yeah, but it's not a blockbuster. No, so it's we not. just need to be careful about how we sort of bracket it, if that makes sense. Yeah, but what I mean, like the way, so what I'm saying is the way they portrayed, like, let's say, an aspect, one of the set pieces, you know, it's set in a cockpit. They've got all the instruments. Everything is done by, like, the shaking, obviously, the, the loud sounds, like, the actual set of that. It's it sounds like it can't have been that difficult to set up, but it's just the way that it was executed. It made it feel they didn't have to rely on big computer generated special effects. It was just that that sort of feeling of claustrophobia and all the like the crickety nuts and bolts and all that sort of stuff. It just like they relied on those things to like make it look terrifying. And again, I completely agree with you, but that's not what I didn't like about the film. Like those bits are what those, those bits are the bits that brought it up to like a five. Well, I think we should probably bring it to an end there. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, a, bit like, yeah. it's a bit like Christmas Day. Good spread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's good to have pods where we disagree. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, this like, is probably the biggest one we've... It's interesting because you obviously hated the film so much, Patrick, but you're still going to get 4.5, four and a half marks more than Ollie gave King of Thieves. But that's... Ollie with his nine out of ten. Is that the first nine that we've had from anyone Hold on, on any film? Annihilation? 8.5. But I... Regret that. Retract that, maybe. <laughs> I think I gave that two, <laughs> uh, 2.5. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a real, a real spread you know, tone. Film, film's obviously a very subjective thing. Like it connects to some people. It doesn't connect with others. Like I, Especially I, when it's crap. High five. But I was, I was like sort of scraping around trying to find, like think about what I didn't like about it. And I, there, there are a few things which I thought would sort of brush. I actually looked over and you were asleep for most of the film. So you probably just <laughs> And that is remarkable because I was actually with like I was at the other end of the extreme. Yeah. And talking to Elaine after them, we we're just like, What? What was there there? It's one of the few films where I've actually been really aware of myself in the cinema. Where I've been like so I about forty minutes into the film, I was like, I'm not enjoying this as much as I should be. I really wanted to enjoy this film. And then as it went on, I was like, this film's really long. I know that Mimi's not going to be enjoying it. <laughs> I was like, I just felt quite uncomfortable being in there. and was like, mm. I really was looking forward to this for a long time, like this film. And then just to get what I got from it, I was just like, I, feel, I just feel really uncomfortable. I knew that you must have not enjoyed it, Patrick, because I could see you having a very animated conversation with Elaine like, on the other <laughs> oh, yeah, side of the car. Hands like, flying everywhere. Either they both hated the film, or I've really annoyed them in some yeah. way. <laughs> I, I, walked past, I was walking past Patrick and Elena when they were having that conversation. <laughs> Patrick just went, "Can you move on, please, mate? I'm having a private conversation." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, should we bring it to an end? There. It is. It's 11 p.m. on a Sunday night. So, is it uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps we should call it a day. At least three hours past my bedtime. Mm. Well, thanks very much, everyone. Over and out. Ciao. That's good, Ollie. See ya. That's like what an astronaut would say, isn't it? The eagle has... (laughs) See ya.
Hello. Everything. Every single. Every single Jedi. Everything no. is going according to my plan. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I'm afraid the deflector shield will be quite right. operational <laughs> when your friends are so high. 80% battery. Mate. Nice. Mate. These, these be mate, 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 mate. Have you seen mate. the Stuart Lee? The new Stuart yeah, Lee? Yeah, I have, yeah. Mate, 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 Hello. Can you hear me? They're quite quiet. They're noise cancelling, so. Cool. You should hopefully be alright. Mate. 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 How's my volume? Because my I can't hear you guys very loudly, but no, that's good. Just remember in this one to lean in and talk like mm. that instead of yeah here out here. Sort of not Just quite a, a Liam back. Gallagher, but it's a sort of like bit further back, <laughs> like about there. Yeah, <laughs> little more, little more, <laughs> too much. Take it away. Freeze is coming. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great laugh. <laughs> it's because it's so bad. I always forget about that performance. Ice to meet you. Huh? Because of the snow and the ice, it's a joke. In, in Austria, we have the joke about the ice and the snow. A freeze. This is going to be a great hit. We've rebooted the Batman franchise.